Six new imported COVID cases were added to Taiwan's tally on Friday. Notably, two of them had tested positive after already completing 14 days of isolation and seven days of self-health management, during which they tested negative. One is a French national who arrived on January 12th. He was out of isolation and roaming freely between February 2nd and March 11th. Let's hear what the Central Epidemic Command Center had to say. We haven't had much time to work on this epidemic investigation. During the investigation process, it was hard to clearly make out some of his explanations. So with respect to where he went during that time, we have more investigation left to do. It's likely he was infected at least six or seven weeks ago. During this period, was he still contagious? Of course, we will investigate that further. The French national had a CT value of 32 at the point of his COVID diagnosis. The next day, he was tested again and his CT value had improved to 34. Officials say he had both IgM and IgG antibodies, indicating that he had been infected some time ago. The health chief says there's no reason yet to stop the rollout of AstraZeneca's COVID vaccines. He was responding to reports that a small number of people develop blood clots after getting their AZ jab. Several countries, including Thailand and Norway, have put their AZ programs on pause. But here in Taiwan, Health Minister Chen Shizhong stressed that AZ's vaccine is safe. He said there's no evidence to suggest that the vaccine increases the risk of blood clots. A batch of AstraZeneca vaccines arrived Wednesday last week from South Korea and is currently undergoing testing. Of the seven tests required, only one remains. Chen estimates that this test, which ensures vaccine sterility, will be completed by next week. The Food and Drug Administration has reported on its progress, saying that the sterility test should be completed by roughly the 17th. Medical authorities estimate that vaccinations can commence within two weeks. However, some European countries have already fully or partially stopped administering AstraZeneca COVID vaccines. Denmark, Norway and Iceland stopped using the vaccines on March 11, citing a number of vaccinated people developing blood clots. When the adenovirus used in the vaccine enters the body, it concentrates in the blood cells, causing them to stick together. Because the virus uses proteins in the blood to protect itself, there is some connection between it and the blood's clotting mechanism. But this is only in theory. Is the vaccine causing the problem? At this point, there is no way to draw a conclusion. The European Union has also issued a formal statement, saying that there is no direct proof indicating that this is the case. So we are still urging people to go ahead with getting vaccinated. Chen says the evidence is lacking and is moving forward with vaccination plans. The government also plans to purchase 10 million doses of domestically produced vaccines. But Pan Blue lawmakers have raised objections, saying the vaccines won't be internationally certified and could be ineffective. There are a lot of rules involved with international certification, as well as requirements. We will do our best to conform. As far as emergency use authorization goes, the applications have not been completed. Applications are sent off during phase three trials. That's how emergency use authorization works. Chen expressed confidence in the domestically produced vaccines, with Taiwan's first vaccine rollout looming. More locals are hoping there will be enough to go around. 
The mayor of Jilong will set off for Pingdong later tonight on a Vespa scooter. Mayor Lin Yochang plans to ride for 24 hours nonstop over plains and mountains to bring media exposure to his city. President Tsai Ing-wen stopped by Jilong on Friday to wish him happy travels. She also paid a visit to a newly completed bridge in the city designed by the daughter of People First Party chairman James Song. The president greets the crowd in a pufferfish hat made especially for her by a woman in the community. It's Arbor Day and Tsai is at Jilong's Chaojing Park to plant trees and underscore her commitment to sustainability. In response to the concerns of various groups over environmental issues, we will work harder to enhance public-private sector cooperation in environmental conservation. During her Jilong inspection tour, Tsai stopped by a newly completed bridge at Wang Haixiang Bay. The ocean-spanning view afforded by Wang Haixiang Bay will make it a popular place to check in, I believe. You might ask who designed this bridge. The designer of this bridge is standing right there. It's Angela Song. It's the daughter of People First Party Chairman James Song, Angela Song. Her landscape design firm was tapped for the project by Jilong's mayor. Like the mayor, I have a background in landscape design. We are very fortunate that our project has had the strong support of the Jilong city government. The mayor has a scooter trip planned to promote Jilong tourism. He'll set off Friday evening and arrive in Kending the next day. Tsai autographed his scooter to wish him a happy adventure. The president is known to love driving, and she took a moment to talk shop. Here in Jilong, we lack for nothing. In fact, we get the most rain of anywhere in the country. So perhaps this trip can have the extra benefit of bringing our good luck with rain to central and southern Taiwan to relieve the drought. At the invitation of Vespa aficionados, Lin is tackling a 24-hour scooter challenge. He'll travel more than 700 kilometers across plains and mountainsides to promote Jilong's Vespa conference in September and its October city fair. Today is Arbor Day, and to celebrate it, TSMC has unveiled an ambitious tree planting campaign. It will be carried out with the governments of Taoyuan, Xinzhou, Taichung, and Tainan. Today, these four cities, on behalf of all the Taiwanese people, are planting trees together and taking that first step forward to protect the environment. Taichung is delighted to be working with our nation's sacred mountain, TSMC, to plant lots more trees in Taichung. We hope that by planting trees, we can make the city greener, enhance airflow and reduce emissions. TSMC hopes to plant 45,000 trees by the end of the year. That's enough trees to fill up Taipei's Da'an Forest Park 7.5 times over. The trees will be planted and cared for by TSMC at spaces designated by the four city governments. If you've ever taken a high-speed rail train, you might have noticed the polished etiquette of the train attendants. But that flawless service takes a lot of work. After hundreds of hours of training, students are put through a rigorous test. Let's find out what it takes to work on the HSR.
Customers are served in Mandarin, Taiwanese, and English. Railway service personnel need to be confident in all three, and that's just the first hurdle. In the event of an emergency, they need to respond spontaneously to the situation. This training exercise creates a nerve-wracking simulation where adaptation is the key. But the biggest challenge is still to come. She picks up the walkie-talkie to check the intercom, then checks all the safety equipment, the first aid box, signal light and dining car necessities. In just seven minutes, she needs to check over more than 20 on-train essentials. If you miss out a single item connected to safety, then it could have an impact on the service you're giving later down the line. The hardest thing is probably when I'm pushing the trolley. You have to be very careful not to hit anything. The contents of the HSR personnel test have never been made public before. It takes candidates 368 hours in class to learn how to handle all the equipment, the service etiquette, business class etiquette and pre-journey preparation routines. And if you fail the test, you only get one chance to try again. Through the 40 or so tasks they have to complete, about 10 or 20 percent of our students have been weeded out. That is, they failed the test. Just one misstep with a trolley and that's an instant fail. The high-speed rail network prides itself on world-class customer service as well as the highest standards of safety. Foreigners who came to Taiwan more than 100 years ago played important roles in Taiwan's history. Many were architects, missionaries or health workers. To recognize foreigners who made a lasting impact in Taiwan, the Taipei City Archives has opened a free exhibition called Foreigners Love Taiwan. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. One thing about people in Taiwan they're very friendly, and people come here and they say, Oh, tell me to bounce Doris Brauham, the founder of Studio Classroom, has dedicated more than 70 years of her life to English education in Taiwan. She gave a speech at the opening ceremony for the exhibition Foreigners Love Taiwan. And Taiwan is like a diamond in Asia, and people say, Taiwan. And we can shine all over, not because of our property because of the people and you are the people and we are the people together. The exhibition features three sections and it tells the stories of foreigners who have made selfless contributions to Taiwan. The Foreigners Love Taiwan exhibition is organized by the Taipei City Archives. It showcases well-known expats in Taiwan, classifying them by nationality and period. The exhibition tells the stories of 10 foreigners who have made selfless contributions to Taiwan, including Yoichi Hata, Sidney Barton, and Robert Swinehold. Their stories are told through old photos, news, magazine articles, publications, artifacts, and visual media. These 10 men and women are from different fields. Some provided medical services and others gave social aid. In fact, many people may know their stories in Taiwan, but there are still a lot of people who don't know. We wanted to present this exhibition so that people can come and get to understand their stories through their letters and audiovisual records. At the exhibition site, there are QR codes that visitors can swipe to learn more about each individual. The Foreigners Love Taiwan exhibition is on at the West Benefit Square from March 10th to April 8th. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Li Qi in Taipei. 
Well, we're coming into whale watching season and many will head to the East Coast this summer in hopes of catching a glimpse of our magnificent ocean friends. Recently, whale and dolphin experts in Ilan were amazed to spot a very unusual species of dolphin approach the coast. This handsome species normally stays much further out to sea. Spring and summer's East Coast whale watching season. Hundreds of tourists brave the waves to admire pods of dolphins and whales. These dolphins play along dancing in ever-changing acrobatic displays, sometimes swimming under the boat. These are the most common species locally. Watching spinner dolphins is visitors' favorite because they get close to the boat in large numbers and they do these spinning leaps. Spinner and bottlenose dolphins are the most common in waters around Guishan Island. Recently, a group of three highly unusual dolphins appeared among a larger pod. Their long, thin noses and distinctive stripes surprised and delighted onlookers. We rarely see that species. What's special about them is they have a white stripe down their dorsal and tail fins, a long white stripe. It was the striped dolphin, more commonly found in deeper ocean waters. They're not often seen near the coast, so it's very special for us Elan locals to spot the species. Striped dolphins usually move in pods of dozens or even hundreds of individuals. It's a new occurrence to see just three come near the east coast like this. Scientists are keen to work out if it represents widespread behavioral change or just a one-off by some adventurous individuals.